Welcome to Flower of Life podcast. This is Carmen Fernandez and today I am with Gabriel Lugo. We're going to talk about the great awakening, awakening process, manifestation and how we can create or change our own reality. Gabriel Lugo is an expert in plant medicine, the law of one, and he's a philosopher of the physical and metaphysical reality. Welcome, Gabriel. Thank you so much for having me again. This is such an honor and pleasure to be here, just talking about this stuff. How was August for you? Um, We haven't met since uh, the beginning of August. I know. Um, it's It's been different than July and June for sure. Uh, in the sense that the things that have happened, I guess they are just a lot easier for me to process than before. June was very challenging. July was more of an integration process for me. And honestly, August has been, um, it's been another experience, but I figure that, you know, the the way I have learned to cope with this reality so far is a lot more in tune with who I am. And, you know, in one sense, I've been also rediscovering something in me, which is probably very relevant to the situation that we're living, which is the philosophy in me. You know, I've been a lot into the sacred science of uh, this reality and, you know, the spiritual evolution of the soul and so on, like very academic, I would say, you know, in my, my experience, but lately I've been in touch a lot for, I would say all of August and uh, half of July with my philosophical point of view of, you know, this existence. So um, if anything, I can just sum it up with, you know, being grateful as usual and just, you know, happy that I'm touching some places in my inner child that have always been there. And it's not that I have been neglecting, but they have just been hidden, you know, for, for a while. So you'll, uh, you'll find a lot of philosophies in me now. (laughs) Nice. I like that. I like that part of you that you are a a philosopher and how you speak and explain things. And this, this week I was feeling that, um, that it's a good time to talk about the power that we have to create our life and our reality. And, um, and we have been listening for, for a few years already uh, about manifestation and the law of attraction and how we can create our own reality. And on one side, uh, we want to feel empowered to create the life of our dreams. And on the other side, some people feel like, um, the frustration, especially now in the moment we're living now with this situation in crisis. And, and there we have some like a variety of people, people who are um, awakening, who are uh, becoming aware of what is happening and other people who are still living in that, um, in that feeling of, of, of fear and, uh, and feeling of victimism. What do you think about this, Gabriel? Two energies. There is the external, egoic, perceptual illusion energy that we all have been exposed to since we were born. This is natural. This is normal. And this is part of the awakening. You know, uh, these these two um, uh, 
uh, illusions that we live, not the two energies, I'll get to the second energy first um, uh, in a little bit. But the first one is the external one. The one that has been indoctrinating us into believing that we are powerless, that we're worthless, and that we must be something that we are being told to be. Um, there are two illusions there. The first one being, you know, the systematic uh, approach to life that we know in society. And the second one being, you know, what we perceive ourselves as the egoic mind. So that's one energy that's being uh, part of the distortion. And it's, it's been shaping us in many ways. Again, very distorted. Now, the second energy is who we truly are. It's the internal energy, not the external. So the internal one is the one that wants to be, that wants to express itself. And for, for several reasons that we can get into, you know, um, and this also ties in with manifestation and the creation of our reality, is that we need to keep in mind those two, two energies. Um, the internal one just wants to be, the internal one just wants to express itself. And this is the conflict that now more than ever, I feel that is being sensed by every single being because the external energy being an illusion and being forced upon us used to be very subtle, used to be very, um, disguised in ways that it was attractive to us and we would follow it. And we would say, we would identify with the, with the external world. That identification is crumbling apart. And people are either feeling blessed by it or being attacked and in conflict with it because they cannot be that which they never were. You know, and all their ego masks are being destroyed. So they're looking for, for that. And that's to me where... A lot of people, and you can see this contrast, you know, you, me and me and you were talking about before we started this, right? That you can see the people who are enjoying this process and enjoying the, um, even the suffering because, you know, and let's, let's face it, you know, a spiritual progression or evolution has nothing to do with mystical and blissful experiences. It has to do with a lot of conflict inside us, but we welcome it, whereas other people just fight it. So I think that's the the basis of everything that's happening right now in this awakening process. And I mean, you felt it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I feel that uh, um, confrontation, especially at the beginning of uh, this. <laughs> One a part of me wanted to feel free and express myself. And another part of me was feeling frustrated because I felt that uh, my freedom was taken away from me. And you know, when, it's interesting when you're talking about these ego um, masks. Um, I felt when I had the, my uh, ayahuasca experience in, in July, I felt that, um, that some of my ego masks left, kind of, because I don't feel since then, I don't feel that I care much about what other people think or how I look or how, you know, this kind of ego stuff. And I feel more free. I feel more that I can be myself. Or maybe it's that I allow myself to be myself and to have my own opinion. And it doesn't need to be um, 
to, I, I don't need to fit with other people or I don't need validation for other pe from other people as much as I used to, to feel before. This is common. This is, see, I can, I can already, as, the way you're saying this, you're describing myself too in the past six, seven months, you know, since actually the, this whole year has been, and like I said, remember how I just said that these energies are colliding. So this mask are being obliterating, you know, by, by the forces of, of nature in, in general and the way we are, we're being transformed. And it's really our acceptance of that or our rejection. When you leave, uh, when you live in rejection, you live in resistance. When you live in acceptance, you just live in the allowance of, you know, the energy of the universe. So without sounding too, too vague about it, it's just accepting what's happening to you as the biggest lesson that it's coming your way. We also believe, and this ties in with our idea, our illusion that we need to live a physical reality. We're not here to live a physical reality. We incarnate a physical vehicle to have an experience for our spiritual reality, for the metaphysical, the one that actually exists in our beingness. And, you know, without getting into, you know, who we truly are at the core and not identifying with the ego, you know, that's, that's truly what we're here for. And now when you accept this, this concept, because everybody would accept it, you know, anybody who is spiritual or has some sort of metaphysical belief, they accept that they're not, you know, this physical being. But accepting this concept means that anything that's happening to you is almost like a programmed um, event or experience or what we call catalyst in the law of one. Catalyst is no other than the lessons that you get out of an experience. You can experience something, but you can reject the lessons. That's all well and good. You're living in resistance. But if you allow it and you kind of just work the lesson because it takes work. You know, this is the inner work that we talk about. Then you accept it. So when you said that, you know, we, uh, we've been uh, feeling this way and I say we, because me and you have been going through basically the same mechanism is because we have been in allowance and things have happened that, you know, are, uh, would have been perceived as terrible in the past for us. Like you said, your liberties are taken away, your freedom, you know, same with me. I mean, so many things on a personal level, but what really matters is how we accept it, you know, as opposed to, and this, let, tell me if this hasn't happened to you when you tell nowadays somebody something that happened to you and you say it with actual, you know, um, neutrality, you're not happy, you're not sad about it, but people react and say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And inside you're saying, well, it's actually one of the best things that have happened to me since I'm now new or different because of that. Has that happened to you? Yes, I, uh, I used, you know, sometimes I felt that I would have to, um, you know, when something happened, how something bad happened to people, I have to feel sorry for them. But then I realized that that's not good because that's making them feel like it, that makes them as a, big, a victim. And that's not empowering. Uh, it's not a empowering uh, thing to do. Like, if someone is going through a challenge, 
I should feel like honor, honor them. Like honor them because they're going through this challenge because that uh, is sending a more empowering feeling. And also for myself, you know, sometimes I went through challenges in my life and I felt sorry for myself or why this happened to me. And then I realized uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling like a victim. And then when I feel like a victim, I lose the power or I feel like uh, sorry for myself. That's not empowering. That's a feeling that I, inside me, I, I, I knew that it was not good. And then I realized that instead of feeling sorry for myself or feeling like a victim, feel like, um, okay, I went through this in my life. And that is, uh, that is a challenge I went through and I got over it. And, and now I'm a different person because all the challenges you go through in your life, they make you, uh, they help you to, 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 to improve yourself. I think there's, it's like, um, adventures that you go or when you like, if you like video games, <laughs> you don't, you don't go to the same level by just walking happy. You know, you have to fight, uh, and, and you have challenges that uh, gets you to this next level. So I think life is kind of that. So I went through this challenge in my life. I got over it and then I went to the next level. So I, I feel honor and I feel empowered if i think oh my god this happened to me poor me blah 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 then i'm I'm not going to go to the next level i'm going to stay there forever yeah it's funny that you mentioned the video games because that's an analogy that i use a lot with certain people you know i have Mm -hmm. i have an audience that can relate to video games right and not to dive into that but when you mentioned that Uh, The simplest example is that in a video game, you gain experience by doing the challenges, right? And see how we always created the parallel of saying that life is an experience, you know? And in a video game, you gain experience points, right? That's what it's called XP. And, you know, as, as you go through the levels or depending on what you do, you don't get stuck on the same level because you won't be getting any more XP. Life is the same way. You know, and just like I was saying before, the rejection of the things that are happening to us is basically just staying in the safety zone of the video game where there are no enemies and there are no challenges and there are no, you know, jumping puzzles and things like that. Um, You're not doing anything. I mean, you're just in resistance of the world around you that has been designed for you. And it's almost like the character itself comes into life and says, I don't want this to happen to me. Well, guess what? You are incarnated in that character to live that experience. You are not the character. You're the person playing it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the true being, and this is the parallel that I create with the higher self. We, as the ones that control the character, are the higher self of that, you know, uh, program, uh, bits, created character, you know? And if, if the character does everything that we tell him to do, then it's a good experience for the character and for ourselves. But if that character severs that connection with ourselves, it'll become a rogue character and you would have problems, you know, trying to hold it. And that's exactly what our higher self is doing right now through so many ways, synchronicities, dreams, visions, and so on. Um, When you do, you know, psychedelics, 
it's almost like, you know, you reconnect with your higher self in a way. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, again, going back to that point, it's just allowing yourself of all the things that are happening because that's the experience that we came to, you know, to have. And it's, um, it's a shame where, where we don't see it. And just like you said, you start seeing this. And also I think it's so beautiful. I need to, I need to honor you for saying that because this is something that I've also been, been doing myself. And I, I thank you so much for sharing it, Carmen, because, um, now it's, I don't feel bad for, for people. I feel like I want to help them out by asking them. So when people say anything to me that is, you know, terrible, whatever it may be, I just ask them like, Oh, how do you feel about it? And I want to know how they feel to, to see how I can contribute to them. And that's such a much better way, you know, to deal with other people than just saying, I'm sorry. Like there's mm -hmm. something you can accomplish with that. Right. It's like looking at people as a warriors uh, instead of looking at them like as the victims or. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So much more. Yeah. And so, um, so now there, how come, how do you think, um, people can find this, uh, this alignment to, um, you know, some people are going through this uh, kind of um, confusion, confusion or uh, misalignment. So uh, we were talking earlier about the physical and metaphysical awakening. Can you talk a little bit about that and how uh, people can get more aligned with both parts, physical and metaphysical? Yeah, so, I mean, there are so many layers there, um, but just to generalize, first of all, we need to find out, this is the core of every seeker, the seeker of their reality, their truth. There is no one ultimate truth. There is just the one truth that we believe, and even the one that we believe in is changing every day. So there's no need to get you know hung up on any specific practice, discipline, belief system, just allow it to be. Because the world is not to be controlled. We are in such a mess of a society because a very small group of people have tried to control it. And by doing so, it creates more chaos. It creates almost like, if you remember in Yellowstone Park, I believe it was in the United States, they were putting out fires for years, natural fires. And they were trying to save, you know, the forest from a fire. And what they created was such a massive, massive uh, um, fuel, if you will, nature fuel that it burned for, I don't even know how many days, but it was such a massive, you know, fire that was happening. You know, it's the same idea, you know, when you, um, when you prevent these things from happening to you, uh, you are just creating this, this, this chaos, you know, for you in the future. And that's what we're seeing right now. The uh, um, deconstruction or the um, just the crumbling of this system in general. So that is the, the physical awakening that is happening. You know, people are knowing that this control system is um, it's no longer serving them. This is becoming ever more visible. We know, you know, the way people say the man behind the curtain, right? 
there is a man behind the curtain who is manipulating everything. Well, that curtain is becoming very thin now. And people can see the hands. People can see the players behind pulling the strings, you know, telling the actors what to do and what to say. It's becoming more obvious. So that is one big awakening for people. And it's scary for some because they've never thought. They thought that the celebrities and, you know, their politicians and uh, everybody who are being pulled by the strings, you know, are these genuine people. And, you know, it's painful for some. And, and my heart goes to them because they have been living in the solution. So that's one part of the awakening. And then the other part is when you realize who you are. Um, this is a process because once again, due to the first illusion that exists in, in this system, we have been believing that we are something else completely different than what we are. And it's this rediscovery of the self that I call, because you know who you are. The thing is that you, you, don't, you don't admit it. You know, um, if I have uh, an inclination for music, for, uh, for talking, for sex, for my appearance, all those things that are, you are, you need to express it. You know, those things, you cannot hold them anymore. The more you try to hold them, the more they're going to try to come out because that's who you are. And this process of self rediscovery is what I call the metaphysical awakening to know that you are not anything that has been represented, you know, by other people, because the, uh, the egoic mind is basically a recollection of ideas of yourself, ideas that have been coming from people, from environment, from uh, advertisement, from your society, from your culture, from your traditions, and so on. They are not the true you. That's the egoic mind. And at any given moment, you only identify with that conglomerate of ideas that have been poisoning you for so long into believing that you are this external thing. So as you get rid of all that stuff and you become, like you said, you know, you, um, these, these times are great, you know, for us contemplating who we really are inside. Then you start realizing that all you're doing is fighting the, what if I behave the way I want to behave? What if I do what I want to do? And what I would tell people is just be you. You know, um, but you need to identify when you're being you and when you're being the egoic mind, because, well, you know, I need to I need to wear this or I need to act this way or I need to hang out with this people or I need to do all these things for my reality to stay stable, even though I'm suffering in it. You know, and I think it's uh, it's a struggle. The struggle right now is to just be who you are, you know, uh, the beer that I just grew, you know, just be me, you know, tomorrow I'll shave it. I'm not going to shave, but you know, <laughs> it just happens, you know, and you just do it. And it's just a very mundane example, but you know, the, the way you express and you know, what I told you at the beginning, me reconnecting with my philosopher, my, my child, childish philosopher. It's not even like I have, you know, this great knowledge. It's just me contemplating nature and reality. Am I afraid of it? No, I just talk and just say, you know, the things that I want to say. And if people like it, you know, it's great. And if they don't, that's also great because it's telling them a direction. I'm not your direction, you know? So, I mean, there's so many lessons that are out there. And again, just to recap everything that I said, there is the 
physical awakening, which is the thinning of that curtain, that veil. And there is the awakening of the soul, of who you are, that child, that inner child. I just asked somebody today because of something that she was telling me. And I said, does that make you feel childish? And she said, it's funny. She said, yeah, but I shouldn't because I'm 40. And I said, what does age have to do with you being, you know, who you are? Does that mean that you have to be an adult because adult means being boring and, you know, having no fun and no, uh, no expression of self. You need to live a, a bleak, you know, and sterile life. Come on. doesn't matter what age you have. Be a child. You always are a child inside. And I, if anything, I'll just tell people that, you know, it's just be the child that you were meant to be and that you feel inside. I love that you said that because um, as, as, you, as you said, we have these programmings in, in our mind since we were uh, kids. We have been getting programmings from our parents, from our teachers, from the society, from TV, from movies, from, you know, we have been programmed all our life. And now to figure out who you really are, because we forgot who we are. We are just programmed with lots of shit. <laughs> and to figure out who you really are, you need to get rid of all these programs. And this is a process. And sometimes when I, when I have, uh, when I want to, um, when I want to connect with myself, I do this exercise of going back to innocence, to who I was before this programming you know i connect with myself with when i was a kid you know kids they go and they are curious they don't care how they look they don't care how other people look they don't care what other people's opinion they don't care they just want to know things and want to express themselves and 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 spread express their love and the only thing that they need and they give is is love love is the only thing that a, a, a kid needs attention and love and and that is what they, they give as well. That's why I think people feel so good when, when they're with kids, because they're just a shining love. And they don't have uh, these, uh, this pre, pre, how do you say in English? Pre, prejudice, yeah. Prejudice, yeah. <laughs> they, they just accept everything as, as it is, as it's. You know, they don't have this, oh, this is bad, this is good. They, they just accept everything as is, and they just, just curious. And and I lad, I, I going back to that uh, innocence. So I, I do this exercise. When I want to connect with myself, I go back to my innocence when I was before all the programming. And, and then I can find more wisdom. And, and I see things from different perspectives. Yeah. You know, um, just recently I was, um, I was listening somebody talk about how kids or children, babies are Buddhas mm. in, uh, in, in their true sense. They are Buddhas because that's what really is, you know, to know that you are nothing. Now, the question is then why be born? You know, why go through this process? And this is a common thing that I get, you know, with people that I talk to and work with. It's why, why go through this process? I, I shouldn't have come here. And again, you know, it's all about experience. But the thing is, keeping in mind, you know, the child is that 
you as a child are a Buddha, of course, but you undergo this process of indoctrination, like we just said, and you end up being this mess, this adult mess. The thing is that when you are an adult, you're only an adult, not because your soul grew, not because your spirit is now in a different, you know, state of consciousness. It's because your body has matured and the body physically matures. So you have more capacity of processing and understanding reality. In that sense, it's almost like we have been prepared biologically to have a physical vehicle by which we can now perceive the world in a higher beauty with more senses applied to it and more understanding of the illusion that we live in. So to me, the key thing is reconnected with, reconnecting with the, the child mentality of seeing the world. It doesn't mean just act childish. I mean, I do, I go to the park and I do my primal movements and I look, you know, like a, like a kid, you know, lying on the floor and doing rolls and headstands and whatnot. And that's, that's fine. But it's just, it, it has nothing to do with the physical act of being a child. To me is the mindful act of being a child and looking at a blade of grass and not calling it grass, just looking at it and marvel and say, I have no idea what this is because truthfully you don't. You know, when the moment you say, the moment you describe something, and this is why I said to you, you know, off the record, you know, when we were talking before that, I use so many words because I struggle with explaining the way I feel about the world. And I try my very best, you know. Uh, philosophers in general are trying to explain the ineffable, the unexplainable. And we get close, but we can never describe it. And we know this. So in the, in the same sense, when we try to describe something and we say, well, I know that's a bird, you know, it's a cardinal. It's red and has a, you know, golden beak and black, you know, face and whatnot. You're deluding yourself to believe that you know what that cardinal is. You know, we put a name on it. Great. doesn't mean you know what it is. You know, you don't know what it's doing. You have no idea why it's chirping. You can't explain anything. So that's the childish look at the world. You know, anything. You cannot explain anything. And there is beauty in that as opposed to the you know, the, the obsession that we have with trying to explain everything. And yes. I think that's just a better way to see the world without yeah. complications. And that's it. And I think it's okay not to know things because uh, it's our ego that wants to know everything and be right and, you know, all that stuff. But we don't need to be right. We don't need to know. And it's okay. It's well said. Yeah. It's well said. We don't need and to know. Why no? We don't need to know. We don't need to know everything. Um, it, it, we'll never know, probably. All the things we want to we know. We should. Is... And w what would you say to um, our listeners who uh, who want to uh, to start being more um, to start using their their um, their, their uh, to 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 want to create a reality like the, they want to change the reality or to change their life and to be, to live more positive. It's, 
probably the best question you can ask because we have laid the foundation of the answer that I'm going to give across the whole, you know, time we've been talking. As you accept yourself and um, you recognize those things that you're not, the essence of manifestation is not in the forcing of the mind and the feelings onto something that is a part of it, but it's not the true way we manifest things. We manifest things when we ask for things that are actually what our core being wants. Meaning that if, say, just a very crude example, if, say, you want a house, you're not meant to have a house, you will struggle with that manifestation. But if instead you just ask for the things, you know, that you... Um, you feel you should be getting, that you need, you will get them. Now, here is the problem or the issue that a lot of people find is that accepting those things that happen to them because they're not aligned with their final purpose or goal of, of manifestation, they get stuck on that and they find resistance and they say they deny it. And the problem lies in that. A lot of or if anything, any journey has its obstacles and things that creates, you know, the, the experience of the journey. And if you don't accept those things, as you ask for them, the things that you need, then you are, you're blocking yourself. So um, I believe that the best way is just to know and have faith. This is a word that has been probably distorted too much in religion, but faith is just knowing that anything that is happening to you is for the best, you know, and there's no positivism there, you know, it's not to be, Oh, you know, I, I just want to be positive about, about everything. No, it has to do with just accepting that the things that are happening to you are things that you need to learn from. And as you do this process, all the things that come to you are just manifesting in the way that they need to. Sometimes when you ask for money, guess what? You don't need money. You know, sometimes when you need a partner or a friend or whatever, you don't need it. And once you give up that feeling of needing it, it comes to you. And that's the true purpose of manifestation in me. You have to be an allowance. You cannot just get fixated on something and it will happen to you. Letting go, basically, and it will come to you. Letting go of all attachments that we have. But we persist, resist, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, Gabriel. I really enjoyed our conversation. Always a pleasure. Uh, as always, um, it's, uh, it's an, an honor to have you here again. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you, um, where they can know more about you and they can see more of you. Sure. Uh, well, I have my ongoing series on the law of one, which is probably not going to end for a couple of years until I cover all the sessions uh, in YouTube in Gaia Awakens. They can find my English channel. And, you know, my Instagram is just, you know, for certain silly things that I do here and there. And my Facebook, you know, is just another place. But those are the three social medias that I Uh, I'm present and, you know, people can find me there and ask me questions or just look at me, uh, my silly stuff. 
Thank you, Gabriel. I'll put you uh, in the um, I'll write in the description of the podcast and in the YouTube video the um, the details so that people can find you and the links to your websites and and your uh, social media. And remember, it is your choice to live your life in your terms, to make your own decisions, to look for solutions and opportunities, and to feed your mind with empowering messages. For more inspirational conversations, check flowerofliftepodcast.com. <laughs>